an interesting fact for the few people in the room and for you at home. Um, so today, 23 years ago, was when Tim and I first stepped into leading what was Watford Community Church, 23 years ago. And over these 23 years, we've seen a huge amount of change, but nothing like this year. Nothing like what we are all navigating our way through. And I want to honour you for the way that you are leading the team, the way that we're constantly having to adjust, the way the team are coping with this. They're all masked people um, in this room today and in the sound, whatever the sound room is called. Um, but genuinely, well done for what you're doing. And, um, and for everybody at home, so lockdown, eh? Who's excited? Um, this is obviously not what any of us want it. But before we come into the word, I just want to encourage you today that God is up to something. He is not concerned about this lockdown. Instead, he is working out purposes. And we have an opportunity to discover something fresh. I am ne have never been more convinced that there is a new wineskin coming for new wine through what God is allowing and what God is doing in this year. Now, we would love, I'm sure, to be planning ahead for Christmas parties. We would love to be having big family gatherings or even, quite frankly, two household gatherings. And, and we're not able to do that. And that sucks. Like it, are we allowed to say that? I think we are. That, I mean, it, it really sucks. But the point is, God is not going, oh my gosh, how do I bring my kingship into this? We just have an opportunity to give him permission to do what he is wanting to do. And I know this is really difficult. And as a church family, we are with each other and we're together in this and we are going to get through. But I know that God has got some good things. So as we come into the word today, um, and as we kind of honour the adapting team and the adapting way that we're all coping, let's lean into what the Lord wants to say, because we're in a series of miracles then and now. And if you joined with us last week, you will have heard the first part of the Acts 3 story, where Peter and John were heading into the temple. There was a, blind, a lame man who was lame from birth, who was positioned every day outside the temple to beg enough money to sustain his lameness. And he was begging Peter and John came along and he was like, oh, help me, help me. And Peter just said, well, we don't have any money, um, but what we have, we will give to you. And they gave him Jesus. And of course, we as Jesus's sent people, if you like, we as the new creation, we get to put ourselves into Peter and John's shoes. We get to imagine what it is to be sent people to only have Jesus, to have nothing in of, our, of ourselves that will actually bring transformation except for Jesus. But we can also relate to the lame man because there is so much about his story that many of us can relate to. And especially, you know, the lameness of lockdown where um, the pressure on people, the pressure on you, the pressure on us, the pressure on our loved ones is so intense. It feels crippling. Sometimes our thought life I mean, I don't know about you. One, we were all quite frustrated because we were told it was four, then it was five. And we, we were waiting for these announcements and being told all the announcements before the announcements were coming. So it was all very bizarre, wasn't it? Then when you finally hear the words and you said, no, this is what it's going to be. I don't know about you. I just wanted to cry. And I'm not scared of what's going on. I don't feel um, full of fear. But at the same time, this weight of, oh, we really are doing this again. And, you know, there is a lameness that came to me in those moments as I was sitting there thinking, this is, I, d I don't want this for my loved ones. I don't want this for the people I care about. I don't want this for the people that I know are economically struggling and 
physically struggling and in mental health. And, and I think as we um, relate to the lame man, the Lord has something to say to us today, not only because he was healed in the story and so there is hope for us, um, but in some more transformations that were experienced in the whole community. So look, as we look at this second wave of COVID, we have a now narrative that is based on the then narrative of the last wave of COVID, right? Depending on how our experience was in the then of the previous um, lockdown will depend on how we are facing this lockdown. Now, we might be facing it with fear or we might be facing it with fatigue. We might be facing it with um, kind of like an anger or we might be facing it with an apathy. There could be a whole heap of things that we are experiencing as we face this lockdown and this whole sort of next stage of COVID. But you see, what the Lord wants us to do is draw our eyes out of the circumstances of COVID. Not to ignore it, you know, keep your distance, wash your hands, put your mask on, all of the important stuff, but to take our eyes off of that and to discover a more powerful then and now. To discover not about the first wave of COVID, but actually the first move of the Holy Spirit that brought about transformation that is a very big, amazing then story to be able to give us confidence that the Holy Spirit wants to move in new ways, in new transformational ways in our personal life, in our family life, in our community to bring about transformation like in this story. So we're going to look at the story from the point when the lame man was leaping and praising and jumping his way, praising God into the temple. He was physically transformed, but he was also spiritually transformed because he got to praise God. He knew that Jesus was his healer. Um, so there was this beautiful transformation. We're going to pick the story up from verse 9. And I'm going to read all the way through to the end of 26. And effectively what I'm doing is I'm just nicking Peter's um, preach because he goes on to preach. He's an amazing opportunist, is Peter. You know, we need to learn folks to be opportunists. We need to see what the Lord is doing and what the Lord might do and we need to crack on and seize the opportunity for Jesus' sake and his glory. So Peter the opportunist goes on to preach to the crowd and thousands give their life to the Lord. I've got high hopes for today by the way. Thousands, just saying. Um, so I'm going to just keep going preaching through Peter's preach and then we're going to draw a few thoughts out and see what difference this story as a then story might make into our now on the 1st of November of 2020. So are you ready? Grab your Bible, it will come up, um, but grab your Bible. Let's read together. We'll go from verse nine and all the way through to the end. Let's lean in. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, you see, they were the church going, the temple going people. So these were the religious people he was addressing. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors who brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. 
Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Everyone say hallelujah. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are children of those prophets and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to the people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. And then the brilliant story goes on into chapter four and thousands give their life to the Lord. And it's just an amazing moment of transformation once Peter had ushered in the works and words of the Holy Spirit and introduce them to Jesus. Now this is an amazing sermon of thens. So Peter was addressing the crowd who knew their God history, who knew their legacy of faith. You see they had been schooled in the Old Testament. Obviously Peter was busy sort of being the New Testament and writing the New Testament um, along with all the others, Um, but they had the Old Testament And the people who were gathering in this sort of area to worship and the people who were connecting here were people who knew about Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the forefathers of faith. They knew about Moses and how he had led the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt into the promised land. They knew what Moses had said about somebody else who was coming, who was more powerful and who would bring about this transformation and should be listened to. They knew that. They had heard Samuel and the prophets. They'd read about all these stories that all the prophets had brought, the messages that they brought of correction, of rebuke, of hope hope of transformation. All of those stories were all within their headspace. They knew about them, they were schooled in them. But the thing is, they hadn't experienced them. They hadn't experienced the work of the Holy Spirit in their life enough to be able to recognize who Jesus was when Jesus came along. And so out of ignorance, still waiting for the Messiah, they killed Jesus. Now Peter points all of this out in order to draw their then into this moment in time where the layman was leaping and praising God and going, whoa, ho. Um, they wanted to draw the then and say, look, everything was pointing to this. Everything of the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus. And Jesus is who we're pointing to now in this healing. Because there was nothing about me, said Peter. This is not my godliness. 
And I can absolutely assure you for all the miracles that are going to take place today, for all the miracles that are going to take place this week, for all the miracles that are going to take place in this next month, because there are going to be miracles in this next month, it will be nothing to do with my godliness and nothing to do with David's godliness, even though he's really, really godly. It will be nothing to do with anything of us and it will only be to do with Jesus. Why? Because it is only Jesus who can bring about transformation. So Peter was drawing this story. And you'll know this because when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit coming, he said, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you the things you know and remind you of the things I've told you. There's a thing that happens with us, let's face it, in our journey with Jesus, is we get a bit forgetful. We get a bit apathetic, we get a bit complacent, and we forget the things we've learned before. That's why the Holy Spirit will remind us of things, why he'll come alongside us and tell us what we need to know. But you see, this happened to the Israelites in these days. They had forgotten to join all the dots of the Old Testament together to be able to see that when Jesus was in front of them. And so Peter is saying, okay, you're then is strong but you need to connect your then with your now in order that in the now you don't miss what God is doing and this my friends is one of our challenges we need to connect our thens with our nows in order to not miss who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing in these days and we don't need to connect our COVID then we need to connect our Christ then we need to connect with who Jesus is who he said he was, who he's shown himself to be in order to, in this now moment, see what Jesus is doing. Now, when it comes to healing, I have some confident thens. I have some significant thens, which make me very confident in my nows. I was, you know, however many, how, 1999, how many years ago was that? We've got a mathematician in the house. Work it out, 21? Go 21? Oh, it's only 2020. I can do that. Um, <laughs> I wish we could edit that. It's too late. We're live. Um, so 21 years ago, I was diagnosed with secondary terminal cancer in my leg. Now, for all sense and purposes, I was really well. Well, I was dying, but I was really well and healthy. So it came as a little bit of a shock that that lump was actually cancerous. Now, I found out on the Wednesday, but by the Saturday of the same week, God had broken into my stress and distress and fear and chaos and spoke words to me that said, you know, you're going to be healed. It involved an Indian pastor having a prophetic word that he was going to pray for a woman with cancer to be healed and she would be. And he was just about to head home to India. And in the whole UK trip he had, he'd not met a woman with cancer. Then I'm popping up my story going, oh, by the way, I'm so sorry, I'm dying. And he came round to my house and said, you're not dying because God said I'd pray for a woman with cancer. And you'll do. You're a woman with cancer. You fit the bill. Let's pray. So he prayed and his faith reached out and my faith reached out. And I accepted in the name of Jesus that I was healed. Now, I was, because I'm, I'm still not dead. Um, so that then gives me a really confident now that when I pray for healing, I believe healing will happen. But you see, what if my then was not as confident. What if my then wasn't about my healing of cancer, but was, say, some other healings in my life that have not taken place? I've got an autoimmune disease. I don't know how much detail you really want on air, but, you know, I have a thing called vitiligo. You can look it up. Um, but I was prayed for that many times, and I still have that disease. What if that was my only experience, that Jesus hadn't healed me at a time when I prayed for healing, when others had asked for my healing, because it was, it was early onset as a child, what if that was my only then? That the only time I'd really prayed for something, it didn't come to pass, so I would then say, well, I'm not too sure Jesus still heals. 
if that was my only story? What about the times where I've prayed for people and they've gone on to be with Jesus and that isn't how I prayed? I mean, they were healed, but just not in the way that I prayed. Or what about the time I prayed for a woman who had um, a prosthetic leg? And she, she said, like this lady, her faith was so high. And she said, I, you know, I want you to pray for me. We were in this whole tent rally thing. A lot of faith in the room. And, you know, the, the preacher guy was saying, you know, you've got to do something different to know if you're healed. I laugh. I shouldn't laugh. Don't judge me. Um, I didn't laugh at the time. We did in a bit. because Anyway, she took her leg off. I was praying for healing and she took her leg off saying, well, I've got to, I've got to walk if my leg is healed, right? And I'm going, yes. <laughs> of course, she fell over. Um, now, both of us ended up laughing and both of us ended up saying, okay, that's clearly not what Jesus is doing. But what if that was my only experience? I would assume from that that if that was my then, then my now would be, oh, do you know what? If you pray for healing, you're going to fall over or you're going to live with your disease all the time. What Peter shows us is our then cannot be just our experience. Because our experience, my experience, is not enough. If I look to Jesus and understand Jesus through the lens of my own experience only, quite frankly, we're all stuffed. Because my experience is not enough. That brings Jesus into my world as if he's really small and unless I've experienced it, can't be Jesus. What Peter does to these people is he takes them back to the truth because he takes them back to the word of God. Now this, my friends, is one of the things that this lockdown might be an opportunity for, to fall in love with the word of God again. You see, if we know what the word says, we can base ourselves on a strong foundation. Because if Jesus' character revealed through scriptures is what we're experiencing, then we're more likely to be experiencing Jesus. Do you understand that? But if it's in conflict with the word of God, then we're in conflict with the word of God. And Jesus is never in conflict with the word of God. Now, I know the word of God can be complex and we have to dig deep to fully understand it. But my friends, if we want to kind of have a fearless faith. If we want to have a now narrative, we need to know the then narrative. What did Jesus really say? What did Jesus really do? Who is Jesus? Let's discover him in the word of God. Then the Holy Spirit can bring Jesus to us and bring this alive. You see, this is all Peter was doing. He was saying, you know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know what Moses said. You know they were all pointing to Jesus. You've just missed Jesus. And because of the joining of the dots, they were able to then meet with Jesus. You see, if we look for Jesus only now and then, we'll only find him now and then. But if we look for Jesus then and now, we will find him all the time. Do you see what I did there? If we look for Jesus only now and then, only when we need to, only when we're really desperate, only when we can be bothered, only when there's nothing better on TV, only when Netflix has crashed. Oh my gosh, imagine that. When Netflix crashes, only then, maybe we look for Jesus? No, 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 no. We need to look for Jesus then and now. We need to see his whole story through the beginning of time to be able to recognize what he's doing in our unique time. If we define Jesus by our experience, we miss out on the fullness of Jesus. 
your experience is real and valid, it's important, but it's not the end. It's not enough. Your experience does not define Jesus. Even your sickness, even your victories, your experience is important, but it doesn't define Jesus. Today we have an opportunity, and this is what David said right at the beginning of our, our gathering online, was you know, to see the world through the lens of Jesus. If we could but look through Jesus to understand our now narrative, everything changes. Our fear turns to faith. Our anger turns to intercession. Our apathy turns to energy and motivation. Our kind of, the, the fatigue that just wants to go, oh, I just can't do this anymore, turns into a fearless faith that presses us forward. Before I close, in verse 16 of this passage, Peter's halfway through his preach. And he says twice in one verse, and obviously he didn't keep saying it was a verse, it was just a sentence or two, but he says twice, that's captured twice in verse 16, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Now here is just a little statement before I pray and then I'll hand back to David in just a minute. We have an opportunity to allow faith to rise up. For sure, this lame man, crippled from birth who was healed, if the next day he sat down and didn't stand up again, he would return to lameness. He would. Because, you know, our discipleship is this faith-filled journey of following Jesus every day. And so I want you, where you are, to allow faith to rise up, that by faith we will take hold of Jesus. By faith we will allow him to lift us out of the, the mire and the pressure and the burden that COVID brings to the whole world, let's face it. And all of us in different ways will deal with the pandemic and have different implications, but I can guarantee every single person has had their plans for this year changed. Every single person has got to adapt. And there's a pressure of some degree on every single one of us. But if we would, by faith, take hold of Jesus and literally, like Peter put out his hand and held this man up, if we would, by faith, take hold of Jesus and allow him to lift us out of where we are, then chains are going to fall off even today. Our thought processes can be transformed overnight. Now, we then have to walk in it. We have to walk in our freedom, which means walking as a daily follower of Jesus, saying, Jesus, where are you today? I'm following you today. It's not a one-off moment. I believe there's going to be a lifting of some really burdened mental health thought processes and pressures and depressions and anxieties. I believe there's going to be a lift off today as David prays in just a minute and faith connects, our faith and your faith connects with the name of Jesus, then there's going to be healing. But my friend, tomorrow you must get out of bed and follow Jesus tomorrow and the next day and the next day and on Thursday when lockdown is confirmed we get out of bed and we follow Jesus and allow the freedom to become our narrative so my friends would you take hold of the truth 
that is the then of who Jesus was and who Jesus is and what he's done. And would you by faith look through your circumstances, look through the eyes of Jesus at your circumstances and allow his miracle power to work in you now for your loved ones, for your neighbours, for yourself. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, uncontainable, unrestricted, never locked down. Would you move now in power through each one of us here, but through every single person connecting with you right now? Not connecting with me, Lord, connecting with you. For every single person who's connecting with you, would you move in power? Would you make the lame dance? Lord, whatever causes us to be lame, whether it's physical illness, sickness, injuries, disabilities, whatever the physical restriction is, but also, Lord, for mental lameness, I don't mean any offence by referring that. I'm just taking the story. Lord, where our thought process cripples us, where our anxiety and depression cripple us, where people are connecting with you right now, would you take hold of their hand and would you lift them to their feet and in the name of Jesus, be healed.